Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, today I'm here with Jack Green. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so you were, was it born in Montreal? I was, yeah. Were your parents born there as well, or? Uh, my mom was born there. My mom is like as French-Canadian as it gets mm -hmm. uh, in the East End. Yeah. And my dad was actually born in New Jersey, but grew up in Montreal. And oh. Like, yeah. So that's why I speak English, because like really like from kind of the part of the city I'm in and my mom, like otherwise I'd be just like a French-speaking yeah. person. How do you describe yourself back then, growing up? Back then? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> like teenage years? Teenage years? Awkward years? Uh, <laughs> awkward years. I, like, I had like an emo phase, mm -hmm. um, loved 50 Cent and Eminem, yeah. and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Very odd, like <laughs> very kind of mainstream kid, I guess, until... Uh, until I like found electronic music when oh, I was like 15 yeah and then all of a sudden like I don't know like me and like two friends who were the only other people who knew what like Aphex Twin was yeah were, wasn't like, it in your history teacher who showed you that yeah yeah literally so I was just like I was like loved music but like was very much like I don't know any random kid yeah um were you into school only in the sense that like I was, like, good at school, mm -hmm. so I didn't have to, like, care that much. Oh, wow. Like, it was, like, very, like, being quite lucky at just kind of acing an exam or whatever without really Damn. putting in much work. So, like, I didn't love it, but I loved that, like, it wasn't, like, a huge stress. I, I think I was the kind of kid, like, that got along with everyone, but mm -hmm. wasn't, like, didn't have, like, super many, like, friends, but, like, no one was like, yo, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. like, I think, uh... Yeah, kind of like floated around different mm -hmm. social circles and tried to be like friendly to people. What were your favorite subjects back then? Damn. Uh, definitely like art class. I got mm -hmm. really big into like developing film and shit like oh. that. Like spent all my lunch breaks like taking like really bad black and white photos of like <laughs> a puddle. <laughs> and then like being in the dark room oh my a God. lot. Um, classic. I think I really liked French and English class. Like mm -hmm. I liked reading a lot. Yeah. But all the grammar part, especially French is like a terrible language. It's like really too complicated for its own good. Mm. There's like all the conjugation and stuff yeah. like that. Like the spelling is really hard. So that like that part was not <laughs> yeah. not of any interest, but like any kind of reading that we did like was like, oh, like, I don't know, reading like fiction for school is so much nicer than like pouring through like an algebra book yeah. for me. Um, yeah. What kind of music did your parents play in the house when you were growing up? Uh, my mom, like to this day, basically only listens to like Beck and like the Talking Heads. <laughs> That's like her, and like I guess like a little bit of like Lauren Hill or whatever, you know, like <laughs> the odd Erica Badu yeah. Lauren Hill kind of like <laughs> like soulful grown woman music, yeah. and then like uh, classic like Generation X. Mm -hmm. Sort of, you know, yeah. Beck, Beck was like I, I distinctly remember, like the tape cassettes for Odelay and Mellow Gold being like the mainstays in her car. Damn. Yeah. And my dad, like, 
he was really into like Tom Waits and like Bob Dylan, like kind of, you know, like mm -hmm. American yeah. rock singer songwriters. And then like he had a whole period there where he listened to like almost exclusively Dave Matthews band. Which <laughs> was like, you know, God bless him. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. So before you started doing bands, how did you pick up an instrument? I went to high school that was like sort of a shitty public high school, but it, it's one redeeming factor was that it had these like um, disciplines. Like it wasn't just like, you know, you, so you, there was like a ballet program, like a music mm -hmm. program. Um, and I was never in the music program, but like my first girlfriend was and mm -hmm. like all like a lot of my friends were like the kids in there. So like I kind of like picked stuff along the way and then I studied studied i took like blues and jazz guitar lessons for like oh, wow. five years and so my musical background was like improv and like scales oh, wow. and like jazz and blues guitar yeah and then and then i was like in a couple like like rock bands or whatever but mm -hmm. by the time i found out what like being a producer was and that you can make music by yourself and yeah. not have to like argue with someone about like what yeah. the drum part should be like never looked back yeah like like the moment that happened i think i was like 16 i just like saved up a summer and bought like a shitty little mpc Damn. and like the idea that i could make like, a fully realized song like by myself in my house was just like revolutionary mm -hmm. and so yeah that's that's that how many bands would you say you were in mainly just one and then there was like kind of rotation of like a few different members or whatever yeah. and we do like kind of one-off shows or whatever for the producing how did you did you just teach yourself that yeah yeah like i guess so i was like 15 16 that's like 2004 2005 mm -hmm. and i feel like that was like the golden era of like message boards you know because mm -hmm. it was before before facebook I feel like Facebook kind of killed off the message board yeah. in a way that I find really sad. I like, I love that there was all these specific, like when I got into like gear, there was like one message board where like, you know, every question you've ever asked has like yeah. been asked. So you just like search for like, I don't, how do I do that? And then you like kind of like plug it into Google and you like find like a 16 page conversation of people that have like figured out how to do Whoa. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was one called dubstep forum <laughs> back in the day. Oh my God. That had uh a big like production kind of like you know people like asking each other questions recommending each other like synths like virtual yeah. synths and like yeah just like so just through that like yeah. anytime I had a question anytime I hit a wall just like oh shit I'll just like look it up yeah were the you internet taught me were you in was it school with Lunas uh yeah like after high school we have a oh. thing in Quebec like, like in the part of Canada I'm from there's this thing kind of like between high school and university yeah uh, and it's called Sejep. And mm -hmm. so Lunas and I were at the same one. I was studying graphic design and he was studying like something in cinema. Oh. Yeah. Did you always wanted to study graphic design, not music? Yeah, yeah. I was like, to me, music was always going to be like a cool pastime thing. I never, ever thought that this would be my job. It's like, <laughs> That's crazy. It still sometimes like makes no sense to me. Really? It's, yeah. Why? I, well, A, I mean, I came up like... I remember using Napster and Kazaa <laughs> and LimeWire like more yeah. than like buying CDs and oh tapes and shit. So like the idea of becoming a musician in an era where people stopped buying music is like mm. I, I'm really really thankful I can like pay my rent with this shit. I guess the idea of being a full-time artist was never like a... Not that I wasn't ambitious, like I was ambitious in like anything I've ever undertaken, mm. but like 
that somehow seemed like too far-fetched to be real kind of thing mm -hmm. but hey here I am yeah quit my day job like six or seven years ago Damn. and like still doing this um, was going to school and studying graphic design something that you want to do yeah or, like your parents oh, man. wanted no, you I was... to get like a degree uh, no my my dad was like don't do that <laughs> really yeah because I he... mean like school in general uh, like, would you have, like, gone straight into doing something else? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still think I maybe should have gone to university, mm -hmm. but fuck it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad worked in advertisement oh. as, like, an art director. And basically, he went to, like, a very similar program and then started working mm -hmm. right away and worked, like, forever. Yeah. And so I was like, Dad, I want to be just like you. I'm going to go to graphic design school. He's like, the fuck are you doing? Are you insane? Why? Like, I, he was just like, don't do that, dude. Like, I've been working so hard. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and, but, I did it anyways. Yeah. And, um... Wait, what does your mom do? She's, she was a production, like, man, like a project manager at an ad agency. Like, they met, oh. in, they met in the ad world. Um, and now she, like, works at a little boutique yeah. in Montreal. So, right after you finished that school, you went right into, like, art directing, too? Yeah, like, I thought I was maybe going to go to university, but I got hired with my graduating portfolio Damn. at, like, a big ad agency. And so I was, like, 20. <laughs> I was, like, 20 working at this, like, massive ad agency. I was younger than, like, the receptionist. I was the youngest person in the yeah. building. And, like, working as an art director. So, like, <laughs> I totally, like, underqualified. <laughs> and just, like, making, like... Mazda billboards and yeah. being like, oh yeah, no, the car needs to be bigger. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> like definitely kind of, uh, um, yeah, getting away with murder. And I did that. Uh, I did that for a while until like one of my first records started doing well, mm. kind of online. And I was using like all my vacation time to go like tour. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. I feel like this is happening right now. Like I could maybe go back to a design job later, but like mm -hmm. I feel like the fire's kind of catching. Like what if I don't do this and I never know yeah so I just quit that job and like went on tour and that's it yeah like, that's just what I do still today so. do you know how that song gained momentum did you push it out like uh, literally stuff? no it just like got picked up by DJs and stuff like in fact I think I probably did everything wrong and like didn't it could have gone bigger it was like that another girl song mm -hmm. which is probably still my biggest record um like Pete Tong started playing it. It just like, yeah. it actually just kind of like spread like wildfire. I should have done, like we don't even have a video for it. Like still yeah. now, like it, it, it was uh, not a fluke. Cause I think it's just because it was a good record, but yeah. I didn't like push it or like there wasn't even like the concept of like buying ads on social media, I think didn't even really exist at that point. So like, no, I didn't work it as much as I should have. Did you always have this name or did you go under a different like moniker? Um, yeah, I had another moniker, like when I threw parties with Lunas, I made music as Hopatron, mm -hmm. which was like, much more like hip-hop, like I was kind of doing like instrumental rap beats, Yeah. and like, kind of, you know, more closer actually to like what Lunas makes, like yeah. we were, we had like kind of like similar kind of vibes and sounds, mm -hmm. and I always like kind of liked House and Techno, but was much more of like a rap kid, Yeah. and then, I don't know, at some point like started making a bit of dance music. Yeah. And obviously it kind of felt too far from what I was doing. So I was like, oh, let's get a new name. There's like an intersection close to the agency where I worked. There was an intersection of Saint-Jacques and Green Avenue. Oh. And as I told you before, like my mom's Francophone and my dad's Eng Eng Anglophone. So I was yeah. like, 
oh man, Jacques yeah. Green, like traditional French Canadian name, <laughs> classic English last name. Like, yeah. That's me. And that was, that was that's it. <laughs> yeah. Why do you choose not to use your original name? Like your personal name? My real name is way too long and way too French, so I feel like saying Philippe Aubin Dion every time I would like do anything. Yeah. I still like. Every time I even have to sign a form, like I curse the fact that my parents both put my, oh their my last name on my name. <laughs> had to. Oh my god, that's so funny. So like, yeah, I, well actually I used the fake name also because I wanted to get honest feedback about my new music from mm. my friends. And I feel like if you just show your music to your friends, it's always yeah. like, oh yeah, this is like pretty cool. Yeah. Like you never get like honest feedback. Yeah. So I was able to like email the MP3s to like friends of mine and just be like, Yo, this kid Jock just sent me a yeah. bunch of tracks. Like, you mind checking them out? I, I feel like they're kind of good, but like, I wanted like, yeah. what do you think? And and then like, yeah. Yeah, you also did that to like labels or something, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I managed. Stuff. I signed my first record to my friend without him knowing it was me. Yeah. Like only. Well, I mean, like very quickly, I was like, oh, dude, by the way, it's me. But like, what was their reaction? He's like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it, like it was it was fairly early, but yeah, I sent him the MP3s. And he was like, oh, like, do you mind putting me in touch with this guy? And I just, like, made, like, a Jacques Green, like, Gmail account. Yeah. And I was like, hey, heard you're into this. And oh, then my God. Like, but then by, like, the second reply, I was just like, oh, by the way, like, it's it's me. I'm glad you like this stuff. <laughs> when you show your music to friends, mm -hmm. there's always going to be, like, even if, dude, I've had friends show me their stuff, and, like, I hate everything, but I'll be like, yo, that hi-hat's cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You'll, you'll oh. find, like, only the good thing to say about it. Like, yeah. Because there's no way to gently like, yeah. bruise someone's ego like that. Do you think you would still do that if you were starting out now? Like this tactic? Do you recommend it? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think uh, a little fraud never hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, also, like, making music by myself, like, the idea of having, like, a crazy name, like, you know, like, I, I don't... Like, band names are so, like, epic, and, like, yeah. when producer names are, like, by themselves, and they still have, like, some big-ass, like carnage like just yeah. like, it feels like i'm not i don't feel like a superhero so mm -hmm. like having like a big superhero type alter ego name yeah doesn't feel like it makes sense for me mm -hmm. uh i'm kind of annoyed now because at this point like the amount of people who like i even consider friends will be like oh jacques how you doing and i'm like oh. dude you know that's not my name bro. yeah like <laughs> What are you doing? And that, that's always like a little obnoxious. Yeah. So if I were to start over again, also I wouldn't pick a French Canadian name that is really simple and obvious to me, but that no one seems to know how to pronounce or spell correctly. Oh. So that's that's a good one. Mar marketability. Like, you know, I should have gone for like Paul or so, you know, oh some, some shit you can't mess up. Since when did Rick Owens become your main inspiration? Uh, back in design school, before I oh, knew wow. I was going to make music. So like, I was like 19, 20 with no money, like didn't have any yeah. at all. But I've always found his, like even my my kind of love and respect for him goes as far as like, there's even like, there's quite a lot of his clothes that I don't like, mm -hmm. or, is, or at least they're definitely not for me. But I have so much respect for how like singular the vision is. Yeah. And like, he's still majority owner of his company. I love that. And then the vertical integration of how his stuff is made, like owning his factories in Italy, sourcing fabri fabric yeah. blends that just don't exist, mm -hmm. uh, living on top of a studio that's on top yeah. of like the showroom, 
there's like a dedication to control of his quality and control of his world mm -hmm. that I find so inspiring and like intense and dedicated and I really yeah I like that there's no fucking half measures it's like the world of Rick is that and it, it's beautiful to see him yeah. and his wife Michelle just like yeah it's it, it, anyone that's able to have such an uncompromising personal vision and scale it up to that size because he's mm -hmm. a massive company he's yeah. making so much money yeah. but like in a way that is very rarely bends like too much towards like the commercial that's true like yeah. he'll make the odd like wearable t-shirt but most of his shit is fucking extreme yeah. <laughs> and so it's like beautiful to me that someone has managed to be so successful with with that yeah and to be so true to his vision like you look at the shows today to what he was doing 20 years ago it hasn't like changed that much hmm. or 15 yeah. years ago or how did you decide to start your own imprint uh, there was like a bunch of my friends making great music that they couldn't sign anywhere mm -hmm. and I've always been really involved in like the artwork for my records and it kind of felt cool to like maybe I don't know help other people have fully realized versions of their projects yeah. and like help them out like that it ended up being like we've, we've had the little label dormant now for like two years mm -hmm. I don't know if we'll like bring it back at any point it kind of feels like to build up the momentum again it's like yeah. so much work why, why did it like, become dormant um just like because i started working on my album and oh, honestly yeah. like the idea of maybe fumbling someone else's project because i was too busy on my own mm, yeah. felt like very disrespectful to someone else's work so yeah. i wanted to like chill on it and just like not half-ass anyone else's record and also not half-ass my own so i could like actually focus on something yeah and then by the time the dust settled a little I was like, oh shit, we haven't released something in like a year and a half. Like, does it make sense to like jump mm. back in or like, I don't know. So for now, I'm not doing it. Yeah. It's also so much work. Mm -hmm. And so much work of it is like not creative. Right. Like chasing down a review oh, and like true. uploading MP3s to like the distributor. Like, yeah. <laughs> stuff that like doesn't really speak to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's why I love working with like labels like Lucky Me so they can do that for my yeah. records. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather spend the time like just going over to the friend's house and like hear the damn, like the music they're working on than like, yo, let's work really hard and possibly like lose a lot of money on this coming out. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you've always been interested in uh, like scoring films, right? Yeah, I'd love to do it. I've been speaking to some friends who work in that field about hopefully getting into it. I love sound design. It's like one of my, one of the most fun parts of making music is like trying to come up with my own sounds. And, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like film is such a beautiful application of something like that because, I don't know, like setting the mood for a scene, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. How do you think you've grown as a person since when you started making music? I've grown much more responsible and aware of responsibilities and commitment and stuff mm -hmm. like that but also it's very weird to like become fully like an adult in a world that feels like perpetual like youth yeah <laughs> like the, the club world is so yeah. extremely like disconnected from uh the world in many ways and in a way that's like kind of irresponsible at times so yeah so coming into a sense of responsibility while still be being in such proximity to a world that feels so inconsequential is mm -hmm. like very uh 
very confusing at times. Yeah. But I, I still love it. I love club culture and yeah. the club and like all that shit. It's, it's really great. But it's interesting to kind of like grow a little o- older, not so much wiser, <laughs> and just and still be in proximity to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. The weirdest thing about all this mm-hmm. is like music used to be a release mechanism and like mm-hmm. kind of therapeutic. And when it becomes your day job and like your source of income, that like release is gone because it's now like a source of stress instead of a source yeah. of like stress release. Um, and that's like a weird thing to grapple with. But luckily, I don't know, luckily I, I'm able to keep my work and like pace of life in a way where uh, I like enjoy tremendously like making music mm-hmm. and I enjoy so much like having a few weeks off the road and like going into my studio every day and just like trying shit out is like so rewarding still and I still like discover new things yeah. and still make new shit so like that's so exciting and then by the time I get like really anxious or like start hitting kind of creative walls in the studio I have like this other side of my job that allows me to like travel and like go play it for people yeah so it's cool I don't think I'll get tired of it anytime soon mm-hmm. which is good last question what do you want to be remembered for oh my god I don't know if I have that like big sense of like ego and legacy like mm-hmm. I'd like to be remembered for being like a kind person to my friends yeah and like trying to make people feel good I guess <laughs> like uh, I think the best part of DJing and releasing records is is doing stuff that can touch someone and make anything better so like honestly like yeah I'd love to be remembered I guess uh, by some people who are like oh man yeah that record really helped me through something or like mm-hmm. damn that night we met that was at a Jacques Green show like yeah. so glad I met you you know yeah. what I mean like mm-hmm. I'd love to be remembered by connotations to good moments in people's lives. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Of course, thanks. Bye.